I know Sacramento Kings fans have sat through a lot of bad basketball over nearly two decades, but never has it been so bad that a fan sitting courtside at a Kings home game projectile vomits all over the floor. We had a 30-minute stoppage in the fourth quarter inside the Golden 1 Center tonight after a fan decided to uh, lose his lunch clearing the Utah Jazz bench. I'll tell you my perspective of that incident, how it lightened what was a disastrous fourth quarter for the Kings, who lose again the third time losing to the Jazz in 30 days. Is Luke Walton surviving to Monday? It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last uh, seven years. This is my eighth season Covering Kings basketball, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in, in SAC, and now with ABC 10 Television. And, and it might be odd that I'm as chipper as I am just getting home uh, from the, the Golden 1 Center where the Kings lose to the Utah Jazz. They've lost seven uh, of their last eight, are now 0 of 3 against the Jazz to start the season. That number, not really all that surprising. I'm more chipper because, to be honest with you, what happened in the fourth quarter? The uh, that four uh, that poor fan sitting courtside was just hilarious, and it, it turned into what ended up being the most entertaining uh, part of the night. Uh, stoppage in play, last, lasting around half an hour. There's a dance battle on the jumbotron. The Kings uh, in arena team had some fun uh, with the incident as much as they possibly could, and it really. Uh, took the venom and the pain out of what was a just horrific fourth quarter for the Sacramento Kings in yet another loss. And easily without that incident, it could be more doom and gloom, frustration and anger, similar to yesterday's Locked on Kings podcast after the Kings got their asses kicked by the Toronto Raptors. But a mixture of how this game was played over the first three quarters, plus what happened in the fourth quarter, that fourth quarter incident, uh, I'm I'm just I'm in a better mood and and to be honest and I'm going to share with you the story of what happened in the fourth quarter in case you missed it, um, but it it lightened it lightened the mood for everybody really uh, inside the Golden One Center. So here's what happened: the Kings are down by four points heading into the fourth quarter. And we're going to talk about the flow of this game of the Kings put up a significantly better fight uh, in the first three quarters than they did uh, against the Toronto Raptors. The the best they've looked probably even including the Detroit Pistons win the best that they've looked in the last maybe two weeks 
uh, in this game. And they get to the fourth quarter. It's the third time against the Jazz that they've trailed, but they've been in the game heading to the fourth. Uh, the Kings heading into that fourth quarter were 0-9 when trailing. Now they're, of course, 0-10 uh, when trailing, heading into the fourth quarter this season. So they've really struggled in that spot. But it's a four-point game. Kings are in it. Maybe this time it'll be different. And the Utah Jazz come out to start the fourth quarter, punch the Kings in the mouth, build their largest lead really quickly, which is around 11 points at the time. I think it got up to around 14 points. And then suddenly during a timeout, just a standard timeout, the Kings have their bongo cam going on. Fans are having fun. And the Jumbotron catches a fan sitting in courtside seats. Now, this is not like Kings Row courtside, which is that that baseline where like Vivek Ranadive, Kings ownership sits on the opposite end of the floor from the Kings benches. These are those four seats that are right in between the scores table and the bench. And, and these seats, I understand why they have them. I can't stand these seats. Uh, I've never sat there personally, so maybe my perspective would change if I actually got the chance to sit there. These are seats that cost like 12 15 hundred dollars if not two thousand dollars a game depending upon the opponent um and they sit literally right next to the 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 opponent benches and and even the home benches they're on each side and they're literally right next to the coaching staff um and this poor gentleman is sitting there obviously has had way too much to drink and suddenly just projectile vomits all over the floor now nice of him to not get it on the actual floor itself like in bounds, it was just on the on the out of bounds sideline. So at least he didn't go so crazy as to actually put it in play. Thank God play wasn't going on. Thank God he waited uh, to to lose his breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and looked like the breakfast, lunch, and dinner of the last week and a half. Uh, he, a lot of uh, of spewage, let's just say, <laughs> came out of this man. And I mean, we we could call him intoxicated, but that is an understatement. Man was sitting there like just afterwards just sitting there like marinating. I'm not trying to make you th- th- sick just d- describing this, but it was basically just sitting there marinating in his own uh, sick. And eventually his buddy comes over. There was a, like an older couple that was sitting in the seats next to them. Those two poor guys, they just got out of there as, as quickly as they possibly could. Um, and, and this poor guy is just sitting there sick all over the floor. The, the King's ball boys are the first to react, bringing over towels, starting to clean it up. And eventually this guy is, is grabbed by his companion to the game and, and is led out of the tunnel uh, to, to leave the premises and get out of the building. And <laughs> as this guy's walking off the floor, man, holy moly. Like you think how actors portray in like comedy shows being, you know, what faced drunk. This guy was the epitome of that. Like a fear, uh, if if he took a field sobriety test and had to walk in a straight line, he would somehow get a zero percent if they were grading on a percentile. I mean, this man could not put one foot in front of the other. Was totally leaning, and as he's walking off the floor, you can just see puke all, all the way down his leg. Uh, he just was gone, <laughs> and uh, it it took a long time. Uh, to clean up all of the uh, all of the mess that he had left behind, it was hilarious. Like the Utah Jazz bench, they were all quick to get as far away as possible. They sprinted off their bench. It reminded me of like, have you seen classic clips of, uh, especially when Shaquille O'Neal was playing for the Phoenix Suns? Like, there's a classic clip of there's a loose ball going towards the bench, and and, and Shaq goes full sprint trying to save this ball. And the bench just clears out, just abandons, gets out of his way. That's what it looked like, except instead of splitting down the middle, 
Every single one of the Utah Jazz, including the coaching staff, they just went to the baseline and out towards the basket. They're like, nope, <laughs> I want nothing to do with what is happening uh, with this poor fan. Rudy Gobert talked about it after the game, and I don't have the sound bite, but it was pretty hilarious. He was talking about he actually made eye contact with a fan who was smiling while vomiting. Uh, just a, an incident that you, you'll probably never see. Truth be told, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't happen more. And all things considered, with COVID-19 and a mask mandate and the, the, the fear of spreading any kind of infectious disease, there was potentially a chance that this game could have been like halted and suspended. And I'm kind of surprised that, that it didn't go much further. Um, maybe it's because the cleanup crew with the Sacramento Kings did such a phenomenal job cleaning up that mess. I mean, it took them 25, 30 minutes just to do it. They had massive mops, piles upon piles upon piles of towels. Uh, Slamps in the lion, the King's mascot, came out in a hazmat suit and had some fun with it. Man, they had like six or seven people out there cleaning it up as best as they possibly could. Um, and, and during that time, the, the Kings in arena team, I mean, they did the best that they could. Immediately, they put up the alcohol policy, which is like if you're, if you're clearly inebriated, they'll no longer sell you alcohol, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Uh, there ended up being like a long dance battle between some fans and attendants. So it ended up being honestly the most entertaining part uh, of the entire night. Just such a weird, weird situation. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. Um, that I don't know if that man's ever going to show his face at a Sacramento Kings game. Uh, ever again but if maybe you're a locked on kings listener and you're waking up the next day and you're, you're listening to this i hope you're okay my dude and i hope you can get some kind of something in your stomach because it looks like your stomach emptied everything you might want to check to make sure that you still have intestines uh, after what you uh you left over there but so this timeout happens this long break happens and then coming out of the break, the Utah Jazz continue to put their foot on the gas, absolutely blow the Kings uh, out. And, and by the at the end, this game was was completely out of hand. Uh, Kings losing 123 to 105. And like I said, it, it really took the sting and then the pain out of this loss because it was kind of an entertaining, funny, just weird moment. Uh, because in the end, fans were still chanting for Luke Walton to be fired. Fans were obviously not happy. Boo Birds were out. Uh, with how the Kings performed in the fourth quarter after putting up good fight in the first three quarters. Um, they, it was really back and forth in the first quarter. Second quarter, things started to change a little bit. The Kings gave up like a 13-0 run, and uh, we saw the Kings give up a similar run against the Raptors the night before and not be able to battle back. In this game, they were actually able to battle back. Credit to them. They also went on a good run to start the third quarter. Nice to see them get the third quarter off to a good start. Ended up tying the game at 64 or something like that. And then from that point on, the Utah Jazz just continued to create separation. Uh, and, the, and the Kings just, there's nothing really the Kings could do. They were hovering around. Uh, they had like four or five lead changes uh, in this game. The Kings' largest lead in this game was like five points or something like that. Uh, the Jazz ended up being 22. Uh, it was just, I mean, after after all the fight that they, they provided in those first three quarters, the fourth quarter, they just completely were out of gas. Their game plan fell apart. Defensively, they weren't executing on their rotations as well as they were earlier on in the game. Uh, and, uh, offensively was just a joke. Uh, it, it as it's been unfortunately too many times so far this season, I, I do want to talk about a positive. Um, one is, is kind of a positive, but it's sarcastic. Once again, the Kings playing up to the level of their competition. So when they play good teams, they seem to play well. And I know the Kings were also trying to, um, get rid of some of the embarrassment and play off some of the embarrassment of the, the night before their loss at home to the Toronto Raptors. But in the end, this is the second straight game where the Kings effectively were blown out at home with Vivek Ranadive sitting courtside and, and Luke Walton's seat 
already being hot. That wasn't really a narrative in tonight's games, considering how much of a narrative it was in last night's game. And we'll talk at the end of the podcast uh, about whether or not Luke Walton should be and will be the head coach for the Kings on Monday night's game against the 76ers. They have a tough stretch coming up. Um, I want to get your opinion on that, too. We'll get to that. But I do want to highlight the play of Rashawn Holmes, who he's an undersized center. And he's going up against the best rim defender and the best defender period in the NBA in Rudy Gobert. And Rashawn Holmes had no fear. I mean, Rashawn in this game uh, finished with a a team high 22 points on nine of 10 shooting, uber efficient, got to the line five times, hit four free throws, also had seven rebounds, um, did a good job staying out of foul trouble, had a block shot on Rudy Gobert as well. Rashawn played a damn good game. And Alex Len came in off the bench and and provided some solid minutes, as did Mo Harkless. Now, Mo only scored one point in 19 minutes. Of course, that's not good enough, and you want some kind of offensive uh, production from Mo. But Mo hadn't played in the last, like, three straight games or something like that. I think Mo Harkless needs to play. Defensively, what he provides on the wing, it's a big difference uh, compared to giving those minutes to, to Marvin Bagley, and that ended up being a waste of time. So I, even if Mo Harkless struggles to score as he's continued to struggle to score, I think Mo Harkless needs to be playing. Uh, he provides that wing depth and that wing defense that was pretty solid at times. Now he's, he's nothing. It's not game changing or anything like that, but I think Mo Harkless needs to be playing more. I understand Alex Len only really plays when the Kings are matched up against uh, teams that have bigger centers like Rudy Gobert. I think Alex Len needs to be playing basically on a nightly basis. No disrespect to Tristan Thompson, but Alex Len just provides good, solid minutes defensively, uh, does help crash the glass. He provided some solid minutes off the bench, played 12 minutes, uh, had uh, five points, also seven rebounds uh, in those 12 minutes. Um, So I I like what Alex Len provides. I've been a big fan of Alex Len for a long time, many of you. Uh, know that. So I think both those guys, Len and uh, uh, Harkless need to be playing again on a nightly basis. And then Rashawn Holmes just continues to be uber efficient. And I, I liked his fearlessness in attacking Rudy Gobert. But we had to talk about De'Aaron Fox continuing to struggle. Tyrese Halliburton didn't look too good in this game either, but De'Aaron took a long time to get going. And this is another example of on games where the Kings as a whole, as a team looked better. De'Aaron individually, didn't look good. That pattern continues. Uh, we'll also talk about the uh, the Kings offense in the fourth quarter. There were stretches of this game where the offense kind of fell apart, but especially in the fourth quarter, uh, the Kings relied way too heavily on Buddy Heald, and it's been something that they've just been doing far too much. Also, Davion Mitchell has been struggling recently, and we haven't talked about him too much. So we're going to get into all of that. Before that, though, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop games on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of, from points to rebounds to assist to turnover ratio. Uh, they have it all. All of your users or all of uh, Locked On Kings listeners who want to uh, be a part of Prize Picks uh, can use our promo code NBA right now and receive an 100% instant bonus up to $100. So if you deposit $100 to play, you get an instant $100 free. They will match the money that you put in up to $100. And the way this works, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any 
entry. And the best part, it's just you versus the house. It's just you versus prize picks. You're not competing against any other uh, betting and gambling experts that just uh, are sharks out there that take your money. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You can do them during the game to help make games a little more fun, especially with how tough these Kings games have been to watch. So make some money off of your Kings knowledge. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Another night... Another struggle of a performance for De'Aaron Fox. Now, I uh, I stayed post-game. We talked to um, Luke Walton. We talked to Rashawn Holmes, and we talked to De'Aaron. Typically, I'd have that post-game audio for you. Truth be told, full transparency, uh, it is almost midnight at the time of me recording this, and I have to be up at 2 a.m. for my, uh, my job duties, so I do not have time. Uh, to get that audio for you here. Plus, there wasn't anything really groundbreaking that was said other than, I guess, some of the sound bites about... Oh, we talked to Harrison Barnes, too. Um, but other than sound bites of them talking about the the puking incident, nothing was really said that you haven't heard before. Uh, but De'Aaron Fox's body language significantly better in this post-game press conference compared to the last two, where he looked kind of like a spoiled brat. I didn't really talk about it too much because there were other things to talk about, mainly... Luke Walton and his future as the Kings head coach, but De'Aaron's body language in recent games and the things that he he's been saying compared to like what Tristan Thompson said, for example, uh, hasn't, hasn't looked or sounded good. But in this game, he was after the game, he was a lot more um, engaged. He was talking through uh, things, showing his perspective on things instead of giving really short, blunt, sharp, and kind of aggressive anti-media answers. And look, I, I understand when you're struggling and you're frustrated, the last thing you want to do is step in front of a microphone and talk to a bunch of people who half of them might be looking to uh, to try and paint you uh, in a negative light and use your sound bites against you. I know f- players have to deal with that all the time. Um, so I'm, I'm always a little more accepting of players being pissed off post game and, and saying things and, and speaking their mind, but De'Aaron hasn't come across well in his last couple press conferences did come across better tonight. That being said, Fox once again struggled in the end, his numbers aren't nearly as bad as they were. He finishes uh, with 13 points, did go only five of 17 from the field. His field goal percentage just continues to plummet. Um, only got to the foul line three times, did hit two out of three there, only had three assists in addition to his 13 points. He just was not very effective. A lot of that has to do with the play of Rudy Gobert. I mean, when you have Rudy uh, around the paint, it's very difficult for a guy like De'Aaron to score. Uh, and De'Aaron was relying a lot on like step back jumpers and fall away uh, floaters and leaners that just were not going in. They were short off the front of the rim almost any every time. And that's something that unfortunately Fox has been doing all season long, not just when he's faced Rudy Gobert. Uh, and the Utah Jazz. So that's something that he needs to figure out. I think 11 minutes into the game, he had zero points, zero rebounds, and only one assist, or 11 minutes into him actually playing. This was midway through the second quarter. Um, De'Aaron just continues to struggle to be effective in games where the Kings as a whole, as a team, look better. And Fox's best games, with the exception of the Portland game, where he, he scored like 26 or 27, and the Kings actually won that game in Portland, which was the first game of the season, by the way. In the games where he's had the best performances, like the San Antonio Spurs game, the Kings have not looked good. Now, I guess I could make an exception for the Detroit Pistons game where both he and Halliburton looked solid, but that was against the Pistons, and that's the only win that you've had in the last couple of weeks, so I'm not putting too much stock uh, into that. It's a concerning trend that when Fox struggles, the Kings seem to play better as a team. And when Fox is playing well, 
the Kings as a team are, are struggling. That's definitely concerning. Another thing that's concerning to me, and I did this, I was working stats with the Utah Jazz tonight, and David Locke, um, who's the host of the Locked on Jazz podcast, he had a hilarious call of everything that was going on uh, during that, that fourth quarter uh, incident. Um, but uh, I was working stats with the Utah Jazz, and during the first quarter, De'Aaron misses his first shot to start the game. And it dawned on me, like, I feel like I've seen this before. So I, I went back and I started going game by game and saying, how many of De'Aaron's first shots has he missed? Turns out tonight's game was the 12th straight game where Fox has missed his first shot. And in 10 out of those 12 games, De'Aaron has taken the first shot for the Kings. So that what does that tell me? One, De'Aaron continues to, strum, uh, to slump. Two... De'Aaron's trying to establish himself and get himself going offensively right out of the gate. But is it concerning at all to you? And I'm asking you seriously, is it concerning at all that your point guard, and we know Fox is a scoring first point guard, he's looking out for himself and his points first and foremost more than trying to look for his teammates. Does that concern you at all? Because when I shared that stat with David Locke on the Jazz broadcast, that's what he brought up. And I thought it was an interesting perspective. I didn't necessarily interpret it that way. I more interpreted it as Fox is trying to fight through this slump that he's in. He's trying to get himself going early, and he just isn't. That's more my takeaway from it. But what's your takeaway of that? Again, Fox has missed his first shot in 12 straight games, and in 10 out of 12 of those games, it's been the first shot that the Kings have taken each night. I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. The Kings offense, I've talked a lot about how the half-court offense has been absolutely dreadful for the majority of this season, and as bad as the defense has been, the offense at times has just completely evaporated. The Kings are doing a good job getting out in transition. I think they ended up having, uh, let's see, when they got out in transition, they were having success. They had uh, 22 fast break points, a perfect 8 of 8 when getting out in transition, so that was good. Their defense was leading to offense, and a lot of that was in the first and, and, uh, and second quarters, but when this team is forced into the half court, they fall apart. They had moments where they were attacking the basket, getting on the inside, playing inside out, and it was working for them. I think they only had like 12 or 13 three-point attempts at halftime, which is great because we know this team likes to live and die by the three ball. And they could have performances like they had against Charlotte, dropping 140 points, and they could have performances like we've seen the majority of this season where the three-pointers aren't falling and the Kings just shoot themselves out of ball games. And that number of threes, like I said, it was like, I think it was 12 at half and ended up being 31 for the game. A lot of those three point attempts came in the fourth quarter when offensively the Kings had fallen apart. And basically the fourth quarter offense for the Kings was get the ball to Buddy Heald, have him chuck up threes. Hopefully he makes them and hopefully he gets hot. And that's the only chance we have of winning this game. That's what the offense looked like in the fourth quarter to me. Why are you changing the way you're playing offensively in the fourth quarter after having somewhat success through the first three quarters? Granted, you were still down like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points. You never really took a lead. But now after three quarters, you're deciding to go to what usually hurts you and just chucking up threes and hoping Buddy Heald gets hot, getting away from attacking the basket, trying to get Rudy Gobert and other Jazz in foul trouble, get to the line and trying scoring that way with the clock stopped in the fourth. It's, it's things like that that make me question Luke Walton's coaching. Buddy Heald, if, if he's the guy that you're relying on, I know Buddy can get hot, and he's an, a really, really good three-point shooter. But if that's what you're relying on in the fourth quarter against a team like the Utah Jazz, 
yeah, you're going to lose and, and get absolutely dominated in the fourth. The Kings, by the way, were outscored in the fourth quarter, 39 to 25, just in case you cared and wanted to know. And a lot of those points came after uh, that the projectile vomit incident. Uh, Davion Mitchell. We haven't talked a lot about him because he's a rookie and we know what he provides on the defensive end. Offensively, he's been better at times, but recently Davion has struggled. Struggled so much that he's not been on the floor as much as we saw earlier on in the season. Now, a lot of that has to do with uh, Kings rebounding issues, but Davion hasn't really looked good on either end. We haven't seen that, oh my God, there's that Davion Mitchell lockdown defense like at the home opener when he stripped uh, Donovan Mitchell attacking the basket. We haven't really seen that from Davion recently. And maybe it's because we're not paying attention to it as much because the Kings overall have been bad and those plays aren't happening happening as much, but just hasn't, hasn't been there, hasn't looked good. And then offensively, we know that's not Davion's strong suit. He's trying to figure out. He's trying to figure out how to be a playmaker. There were a couple stretches in this game where he was the primary ball handler with Buddy Heald out there, both Fox and Halliburton on the bench. That just really does not work. Um, Davion's been struggling. I'm not reading too far into that because this entire team is struggling as a whole, but I thought it was worth pointing out. All right, we're going to talk very briefly about uh, Luke Walton before we wrap this podcast up and I have to share with you this upcoming stretch the next seven games for the Kings. Oh boy, we'll talk about that right now though. I want to let you know today's podcast brought to you as always by our friends over at Built Bar. With Thanksgiving season, I love this time, all the great food, all the tasty treats. There's plenty of them every year, but maybe this year we want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. The holiday season is known for sweets. You can get that sweet from Built Bar while also eating something healthy and delicious, and you'll feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and honestly, that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories with only four grams of sugar and with plenty of protein. So this Thanksgiving, this holiday season, replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or the raspberry Built Bar uh, instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie or any dessert. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate. You can get a deal right now on Built.com if you don't want to wait till Black Friday. I use our promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off right now, but around Black Friday, there are going to be some great deals for you to check out as well. So maybe go order a mixed box right now. Use that promo code. Once you have the bars and the flavors that you like, then you order your own box and take advantage of that Black Friday deal uh, that will be coming up. So keep an eye out for that. But again, right now you can use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. There are many who believed heading into this weekend and if the Kings went 0-2 this weekend, that Luke Walton would be gone by Monday. Monday, the Sacramento Kings play the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's their next stretch. They have the Sixers, then they have the Blazers, who they beat to open up the season, but Portland is playing significantly better. Then you have the Lakers, the Grizzlies, who are blown out by the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, like lost by 40 points or something like that. You have the Lakers again, and then you have the Clippers twice. I know the Lakers aren't the best of teams, but like I said, a lot of teams like to look at the Kings as their get-right opportunity. The Lakers are going to be licking their chops at that opportunity there. Hey, maybe Buddy Heald will uh, make them regret not trading for him by going off in those two games. Maybe that's something that the Kings can hope for and, and fans can hang their hat on and, 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 and have that wishful thinking heading into those matchups. But this, this stretch of seven games for the Kings is pretty brutal coming up. Do you expect Luke Walton to be on the Kings bench as the Kings head coach on Monday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers? I felt after the Toronto Raptors game that 
it felt like the nail in the coffin. It felt like Walton was done. I understand the Kings holding off on firing him until after the Utah Jazz game. Get the back-to-back out of the way, especially if you expect to lose to the Utah Jazz. I don't know what it is about tonight. Maybe it's like I said, the incident in the fourth quarter with the fan throwing up that lightened the mood a little bit. I don't know if Luke Walton will be fired before the Philly game. And, and like I've said before, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, at least in my opinion. And I've it's been less of an argument for Luke Walton and more of an argument for consistency. And this is the same argument I had when we heard rumors of Dave Yeager possibly being fired. Like I want the Kings to have more consistency when it comes to a head coach trying to build a culture. We know Luke Walton hasn't lost the locker room, even if the Kings aren't playing well and Luke has his problems. I think there's more value to Luke finishing out the season as the Kings head coach um, than firing him mid season. Cause you're more than likely getting the same result at the worst. So I personally think that Luke Walton will be on the bench on Monday. I don't necessarily have a, a reason to believe that if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, or yeah, it'll, it'll happen tomorrow on the, on the Kings off day on Sunday. So we'll have to wait and see. And if anything does happen, I of course will record an emergency locked on Kings podcast for you. We will discuss it. We will talk about it. Um, but I want to hear from you. Do you think Luke Walton will be not, does he deserve to be, or does he need to be? Cause I think the majority of you think that Luke Walton needs to be fired and want the Kings to, to move on from Walton. Maybe you don't, you can tell me why, but do you think that Luke Walton will be fired? before the Philadelphia 76ers game on Monday. Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. I need to go to bed. It's officially Sunday right now as I'm recording this. So maybe you guys are listening to this later on Sunday and, and wish me luck because I'm going to be exhausted uh, at work tomorrow. But in the end, again, I'm a lot more chipper than I expected to be for the Kings losing their seventh uh, game in, in, or seven of their last eight games and, and getting beaten up by the Utah Jazz at home. That poor fan. Sorry, bud. You made my light, night a little bit uh, easier and you made what a bad analogy after a throw up incident, but you made this loss, I guess, a little bit easier uh, to swallow. Have a great night. Like I said, if something happens with Luke Walton, we're recording an emergency podcast on Sunday. If not, uh, I will have a uh, Locked on Kings episode for you on uh, Monday after the Kings and 76ers game. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.